I'm here with Jason Paltzer, the Concessions Operation Manager with Indianapolis International Airport. Jason, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. It's my pleasure. Good morning. God, it's the top of the morning to you. And you know what? It is the fourth day of the Airport Experience Conference here in Denver. We're actually recording in the podcast studio in the Experience Hall. Podcast studio sponsored by Taste in the Fly. How has the uh, conference been for you guys? This is, believe it or not, we were talking a little bit earlier. This is my sixth conference. Six. Hard to believe, yes. And it's... Every conference has been great. You know, it's just been meeting, meeting a lot of people, uh, getting, you know, good uh, good information from our business partners and other airports. So it's been a great conference thus far. Awesome. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. So you're not bothered at all by all the walking <laughs> well, <laughs> going to and fro. You got your steps in, let's just say. There, yes, I have gotten a lot of steps in. There are times when uh, I wish I wish the walk was a little bit more condensed, but... Gotcha. Uh, but yes, it's it's fine. This is a great place. Um, Denver is a good good host city. So, congrats! It's a great pro- property. So, uh, happy to be here. So. Excellent, excellent. So, you and I spoke about this, or we exchanged some emails. Um, this is part of our Once to Watch series, and this is basically where I want to sit down and chat with um, you know commercial man- various commercial managers throughout the country, right? And I want to focus on those who um, I don't want to say little known, but sometimes you know just not as top of mind in some ways that you know isn't too bad to say in, in, in some no way. it's not I'm uh, I'm definitely a little more reserved and more behind the scenes than some of the other commercial managers or my peers I should say so this is a great opportunity for me to talk with you and let people know uh, you know a lot about Indianapolis and, and me as well we'll so. get to know you mostly I mean we can cover Indianapolis anytime and we will touch upon uh, many aspects of that. So before we begin, I, I would love to, and I ask this all the time of everyone on the series, would love to know how you got into this industry. Great question. That's a great question. Well, my background is actually in retail, okay. and I never thought anything about the airport or aviation or anything like that. So if you can think about a business, retail, that's my background. So I'm originally from Wisconsin. And, Packers fan, I bet. Oh, gosh. Die hard. I love the Packers. Uh, it was a little crushing in the NFC Championship game this year. But, yes, I'm a huge cheesehead, huge Badger fan, all of that. So so I'm from Wisconsin, and I'll, I'll make this as quick as possible. So I met my wife in a small town called Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It's actually where I went to college. And uh, it's a town of 60,000 people, which in Wisconsin is actually a decent-sized city. Uh, my wife also went to school there, but... Somehow our, our paths never crossed when we were both in school, so she happened to be back in town for a, a business alumni thing event, and, and I uh, was just out and met her that night, um, and you know we just started talking about sports and the brewers and things like that, and yeah, sports, big thing. Of course. Uh, <laughs> but she was living in Minneapolis at the time, which is about 80, 90 miles away from Eau Claire, so, <clears throat> excuse me, so... As we were dating, I got her to finally move to Eau Claire, and she wasn't very happy about it, I'll just say. <laughs> Minneapolis, big metro area, great city, a lot to do, but I got her to move to Eau Claire. So she did that under a couple of... Uh, That's love. Re- it is love. She did it for one reason, to get a ring, and she did get a ring. So we uh, we got engaged shortly thereafter she moved, and, and she, there was one other kind of uh, condition on that for her to move to Eau Claire. And that was that if the if the time ever came for her to move, I would have to go with her and make that jump. So 
I know this has actually taken a little bit longer than I expected to tell this story. So I moved here from Minneapolis to Eau Claire, and we got married. And then a few years later, uh, she got an opportunity to move to Indianapolis. And I was not happy. But I made the I made the agreement with her, so we ended up moving to uh, Indianapolis. And the career that I had up in Eau Claire was working at Menards Home Improvement Store. It's uh, they've got about three hundred stores in the Midwest, very similar to what you see in Lowe's and the Home Depot. So I was in their operations department, set up the new store markets, and ultimately that's kind of where I had my retail background. So when we moved to Indianapolis in two thousand fourteen. I transferred with Menards and ended up working in a store, uh, Carmel, which is a north suburb of Indianapolis. And I'm like, you know what? This is a this is a fresh start for me. And you know why don't why don't I just kind of see what else is out there versus working in the retail industry, uh, street side? So I, you know, I applied for a lot of jobs, and one of them was very intriguing. It happened to be the airport, and you know, basically about three or four months after we moved to Indianapolis. I, uh, I ended up getting interviewed for the job at the airport, and uh, I'm, I'm still here. So, well, I'm happy to have, still have you here. And, and I always follow up with thinking, with asking, actually, you probably didn't think it was going to be this, I guess, complicated of a system, right? I always ask people, I'm like, did you know that there's so many layers to this industry and just how complicated it is? You know, people just think it's pretty straightforward. You're an airport, oh, you must work for a carrier or something like that. But there's, it's so multi-tiered yeah. and not straightforward. You're setting me up for that question because you are totally spot on. I mean, I didn't think, traveling for me, I never traveled a whole lot, maybe once a year. Um, so it was always stressful, True. to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't like, I had to get there early. I didn't like delays. I didn't like having to go through security. Uh, I'm always stressed out. So I didn't think much of it except for airports are nothing but you get there, you check in, you go through security, you grab something to eat, maybe something something to, to drink, and then you get on a plane and you're, you're off. So I didn't think about the business partnerships. I didn't think about all the inner workings or the DNA that it all takes. And I mean, it's amazing. So yes, I did not know what I was going to walk into. Uh, but day one, I quickly found out there's a lot to learn in this business. Excellent. And it kind of bleeds into my next question. You know, what was it? Or what do you find um, so unique and exciting about this industry now, um, you know, many years later? It's, it's really everything. Now, I know that sounds kind of like generic, but it is such a fast-paced business. There's so many different variables involved, at least from the commercial side of things. There's so much to learn, and there's so much to, I guess... One of the things that is great about the business, too, is, and I'm kind of backing up a little bit, is I never thought of airports being the communities or everyone's property. One thing I've really learned is that, you know, we're really working for Central Indiana. Yeah. And whatever we do does affect uh, people in Central Indiana. So um, the question was, what did I find exciting and uniquely? It's... I mean, it's just the business partnerships, the relationships, the fast pace activity, um, all of the nuances. Um, it's just, I mean, it's really hard to pinpoint one thing. It's just, I really enjoy it. I mean, I'm pretty much, um, you're going to laugh when I say this, but from a career standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm tickled pink every time I wake up and get to go to the airport. So it's, uh, 
it's great. No, that's awesome. And, and of course, you make it even more interesting because you just completed an RFP where you're bringing in a new program. So that part's got to be exciting as well. I mean, uh, for yeah, the terminal was built brand new in 2008. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't get there until 2014. So I got there halfway through kind of the contracts for the, the program or concessions program. And yeah, we started basically three years before we even had expirations. We started to do outreach and talk to people and get them excited about what was what was coming because we were you know 10 years is a long time yeah. and things started getting a little bit stale and uh, you know people are you know even me as a as a person that worked there every day you know I thought it would have been great if I could just flip the restaurants and have something else but no um, as an example McDonald's wasn't going anywhere so yeah. it was it was so yeah I mean at times I wish we could have more variety but going back to the concessions program no it's it's exciting so we uh did a lot of outreach, and 2000. Well, right now we are, we're halfway through our retail program, and we're basically at the kickstart of our food and beverage, uh, RF, well, basically the RFP uh, that we've awarded to our uh, business partners. Perfect. So, um, understanding that you went through the whole RFP process and, and you know the planning and the, the, the establishing the vision and things like that. Um, Again, I'm not, I don't mean to set you up or prompt you, but my next question was really just wanting for you to share a specific event during your tenure that proved to be a point of learning. Now, it doesn't have to be that. It could be something else. But there's always some point in our career where we came across that like either we did wrong or uh, we were stretching and we took on something new and kind of added to our core skill set, right? So what was that for you? I have always been a fairly impatient person. Okay. And, <laughs> and thus not wanting the delays and... Yes. And it was, Got it. I just wanted things done. I wanted the, them to be done uh, methodically and on time and, you know, keeping in mind that I came from a private industry and I was dealing with mostly internal folks in my past career. Going to the airport was much different yes. because, like... Like we all know, there's so many different layers, so many different people, so many different variables involved. So I have learned so much from, I don't know if it's taking the wrong step or doing necessarily the wrong thing, but I've learned so much from um, a multitude of projects, just the way to handle situations and talking with people in general. Uh, Everyone has needs, everyone has their desires, and just trying to understand everything. So getting back to your specific question about the uh, concessions refresh program of learning, you know, I learned very quickly that the speed of pace for the construction and how we were going to... It could be glacial or it could just be rapid. I mean, (laughs) yes, it was... It was a lot more glacial than I thought. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, but so, so that those two things kind of come into opposition to what to your makeup, right? It's you're very impatient, but yet it moves at a very well. That is pace. one thing, though. I was yeah. so impatient day one. Now yeah. here we are, day almost six years later. Yeah, and I have still much, much more to learn. But I am, <laughs> I totally understand that I'm much less impatient. And it, it helps. It makes me more successful, even though there were some of these missteps earlier in my career. Mm-hmm. Understanding that 
making accommodations and learning is what you know develops me into what I am today. So. Was there a lot that you discovered about yourself that you were surprised that you could do if you took something new on, or you just kind of like knew that like you love a challenge, you know, whether it's writing a new RFP or getting to understand construction or you know what have you? I this has been a great opportunity for me. I mean, I'm more of an operations background guy, but I've been given the opportunity to yeah write these solicitations, do agreements, work with business people, work with legal people. I mean, it's pretty much. I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I am very, I feel honored that I have been able to be empowered to do some of these solicitations and uh, just kind of work with people in general. You know, I know we're kind of focusing on the RFP because that is such a, That's a huge a subject. Moment. It's a big yeah, moment. Career. But yeah, being involved in that is, is tremendous, but it was, you know, that's just one of many things. I'm sure. So kind of related to that, is there a part of your job that you consider your favorite? Um, I don't know, maybe store openings, restaurant openings. Since, you know, I love to eat. I'm assuming you probably like to eat as well. Or, you know, just seeing something come to completion. You know, what's the favorite part of your job? Now, that is that is really a great, great question because, again, I mean, I'm, I try to be as charismatic as possible. And new store openings, they're kind of the big, the press release. Everyone sees that. Everyone's happy about it, um, you know, and, you know, new product, local product. Let's say as an example, we have a, we have a Sun King brewery mm-hmm. that will be opening up in about two weeks. Nice. This will be the first food and beverage concept that'll be new to the airport with this new program. We've opened up some Starbucks, but Starbucks isn't new. It's, uh, they just move locations. So they're neat because they're in a new location and they're designed after some elements of Indianapolis and everything. But Sun King Brewery will be our first concept that is local. And just to tell you a little bit about it, Sun King is a, the number one microbrewery in Indiana. They pretty much just sell to the state of Indiana, but it's, it's they're about 11 years old okay. and they partner with some food restaurant tours to serve food so basically it's a it's a brewery that and again they've won all these awards specialty beers uh, seasonal beers and they have their their four or five that are their favorites like ipas and whatnot and uh, so it's going to be a big buzz we're going to do some type of a grand opening with them here probably a few weeks to a month after the store opens. So that is going to be really exciting. So that is one great part of the job. So really, by the time uh, this post, a lot of you listening, Sun King's probably going to be open. It will be open. And and uh, really, I guess, so I guess it's, um, for me, I'm not saying it has to be yours, um, it would be, this is the first in the new program that you're saying, and it's really representative of Indiana or Indianapolis. So it's kind of like really exciting to see that stuff. Because again, uh, if I was on your sh- in your shoes, I would be just like, restaurants everywhere. Love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> love to do soft openings. Love to see men, how everything's going and love to partake, I'm sure. But just seeing that the community, not just the airport, but the community will be so excited to see Sun King at the airport. Oh, of and that's just one of many concepts that'll be coming. So that was our team was very adamant about doing sense of place, sure. being local, you know, thinking about public value, 
and Sun King is a perfect example of, of all of that. And you've gotten to personally experience uh, Sun King? I have. Okay, perfect. A few times. <laughs> yes. My wife also loves Sun King. Oh, so, perfect. So yeah. she can vet for it as well. She can. My favorite, though, and it's only available during the summer months, is Grapefruit Jungle. It's an IPA that's got that little sweetness, grape to it. Uh, I'll send you a, I'll send you a six-pack when <laughs> well, it's available. Would, when it's available. I would love that. Thank you. Um, so my next question for you, it, it's about mentors, right? Whether they uh, find us, we find them, or it's a, there's a formal process that we are paired with someone we always have a mentor. And I'd love for you to share who that person or persons are be and basically what you've kind of taken from them. Yeah. So the the mentor thing is a little bit challenging for me because um, I, I kind of rely on a lot of people. Sure, sure. It takes a, a village. Of, yeah, it does. So one, one great thing about the airport authority is uh, our senior team is so receptive and they're so approachable whether it's the CFO as an example or our leader who is Marcia Stone um, in the commercial enterprise thing or even our CEO, Mario Rodriguez, they're all very approachable. So I can learn a lot from each of them, from different, different aspects, different, different lifestyles that they share, or careers I should say, not lifestyles, careers that they've come, come from. So I would say from a from a mentor side of things, it's our senior team is where I learn a lot and become well-rounded. But also, as we kind of dive into it a little bit more, um, Dave Shaw, who's my direct report, the director of concessions and air service, not only is he a, a great leader, he's a, a great man that has empowered me to make decisions and he wants me to, you know, he, he wants me to be in the limelight, even if I kind of... Uh, you want to shine away. In the yeah, exactly. Kind of so he wants me su- to succeed, and he wants me to be the best that I can be. But also, um, it's not just with a direct report. I think uh, one thing that makes our team really great is we also have another team member named Amanda Royston, and she. This is actually her first AXN conference. I'm glad to have her, by the way. And yeah, she she's pretty much made her way around and talked to everyone and. She's not going to like me for saying this. Well, do you think she enjoys the long, all the walking? You think? Oh yeah, she does. She does. Because she'll she'll talk to somebody the whole way. Okay, and she's just you know she's got to cut her teeth. You know, honestly, you can't just come in and just feel like you're gonna. I'm gonna go to the sessions and benefit that way. She has to, you know, feel the work too. So. This is a real. Uh, sorry, sorry to like take everyone on a a side trip. No, this is a real story though. We were just talking to one of our partners, Parodies, and uh, she asked them, Parodies, what makes a good airport? You know, she's directly that's, challenging that's these. Not a, that's these not a bad question, actually. And, and I'm just thinking, I'm just like mesmerized by like some of these comments that she's making or questions really most notably. And, and they're great. So I learn, I learn so much from her as well. So our team is great. So Dave and Mandy, uh, they're wonderful. And I, uh, couldn't think uh, any higher of them, to be honest. So, though, though definitely, it's it takes a village. Um, but but Dave and Mandy are, I would say, the people that I look up to. So I'm gonna uh, put a little twist to that because um, you are now six, seven years in, and um, 
just looking back, I'm sure there are other folks that are coming up behind you, right, uh, who are new to the airport industry altogether. Are you also paying it forward in some ways to provide some mentorship, even if, in, uh, you know, um, unofficially or indirectly, you know, kind of helping them out? Because this is a, like you said, the, the new airport opened in like 2008-ish, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's really almost, it's really the youngest airport in our system right now. And there are a uh, lot of great changes at the time. You came in and now there are, it's like the second phase of those changes. And it's kind of growing up again. And I'm sure as more people are coming in, they're going to come and be uh, part of yet another change as we continue to evolve. So are you finding a way to kind of also impact those, I go, I guess, behind you that come after? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. Thank you. I always love, like one of my favorite things to do is to teach people or coach yes. people. I don't know yes. the right terminology, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I... Not so much from a formal standpoint, but I I really like to um, be a so to speak mentor to to folks when I go through situations so that we can learn from them. And yes, you're you're per- perfectly right. the The airport is evolving. Two thousand eight was brand new. Now we're evolving. We're twelve years old, and believe it or not, in ten more years from now, we're going to do this again. So <laughs> yes, getting those people. Uh, whether they're interns, whether they're folks on my team, um, having them go go through this process and explaining to them, or at least uh, showing them some things that work great, some things that work maybe not so well. Um, yeah, I mean those are all all uh, crucial to the really the future as the airport evolves once again. Certainly, certainly. That's great. So my next question, actually, it's in regards to pastime. Now, I know most people will say their families, and I know you have a beautiful, wonderful son. That could be one of it. But I would love to know what your favorite pastime is when you're not working at the airport. Well, you know I'm a huge Packer fan. I did not know that about you. I read. I sleep. I drink everything Green Bay Packers. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, I look like your typical Green Bay Packer fan. I, I, I don't know what a typical, unless you were wearing like a jersey well, and a cheese hat. I, I don't have a jersey a, on. I don't have my cheese hat on, but I do have a closet full of jerseys. Okay, let me ask you this for a second. You are a Green Bay Packers fan. Your direct report, David Shaw, happens to be a big Chicago Bears fan. And anyone who's listening that knows football, they are, you know, they're rivals. Rivals in some way. Does that make it a little more contentious during football Not season? Really, the or you, you come out ahead. So this basically, yes. it, it, it's I, you fine. know, things may change, but over the last thirty <laughs> years, the Packers have kicked the Bears' butt. You know, I've been happy. You know, basically during my adult life, I, you know, the Packers have come out ahead. So, so, so it does. So, like, uh, I guess Monday mornings at work after maybe a Packers victory. A big deal for you. You just kind of go about your day. Yeah, just go about my day. Some people, it might be a big deal. Yes. For. Uh, well, some people who shall remain unnamed. Yes, we will not talk about them and their. Well, you can kind of relate a little bit too, being a Dolphins fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for that. I'm glad that I, I'm glad I things to, turned I that quickly. To put that, yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm so, a long-suffering Dolphins fan. Yes. So, outside of sports, uh, I uh, you would never really think this, but I do like to jog, okay, and run. I do marathons, excuse me, not marathons, half marathons, don't want to. Still counts, count. still counts. Don't want to. If you do two half marathons, yeah, it is a marathon. so 13.1 miles for those that don't know what a half marathon is. So uh, this will be my fourth year of doing the Indy Mini. Oh, cool. I've got a personal goal of under two hours this year. 
So we will see. I'm just, I was just over two hours last year. Oh, so so you find there. yourself like training and working your way up to that point? I need to do a better job at that. <laughs> yeah. But I do enjoy just not running necessarily 13.1 miles, but just running, getting outside, putting the headphones on. Um, but yeah, that's also something that is kind of unique about me. But, uh, but my real passion, you know, you mentioned I have a son, so it's, it's great to, he's two years old. So, uh, being a father, new father is great. I mean, he's at, he's at, he's at the age right now where you can kind of reason with him a little bit. He still has tantrums. He's st- you know, but you know, some of the things that you say, it, he'll repeat back to you. So, um, that kind of describes me in some ways, but go ahead. Well, <clears throat> the tantrum part. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, so as you know, my background is in Menards, which is a home improvement. So I am huge into power tools. Anything that is battery powered, from a power tool perspective, I I feel like I need it. Like so, I've got a plethora of tools. Wait, wait, what, what does the Paltzer Garage look like? I, I imagine it's like really adorned and organized by function, and there's a clean workspace that is like your man cave. Yes, it is. Right now, it's a little bit disorganized, but. It is set up to be well positioned where certain saws, drills, uh, uh, hand tools are certain in certain locations. So as we're kind of kind of getting into this conversation, the uh, I bought a house when I was much younger, and it wasn't quite a fixer upper. It was a, it was, but it needed work. It was sure. old. It was a house built in the 1950s, so everything was old. So little by little. I started rehabbing the house, and I made many mistakes. I cut something wrong. I cut something short. I messed the flooring up. I mean, so I've learned basically through doing this myself. And uh, lo and behold, I've actually got to the point where I've collected so many tools and purchased them over the years and gotten to the point where I've... Uh, pretty pretty decent with actually building furniture so oh my great. wife my wife might not be too appreciative of it but um, changing table for my son living room table chairs i uh, i build all that so the woodwork that's woodworking, great yes i'm not like what is your all right so what is your favorite medium then when you're woodworking are you an oak guy or a a maple spruce guy. Oh gosh! Here we go. I don't discriminate against <laughs> hardwoods or softwoods, uh, but mostly pine. If you're going to ask me a question, well, okay. Pine. Uh, pine and oak. What's your favorite kind of medium? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm hoping to my son. I'm hoping to he gets involved in some of this. Uh, much and, when he's much older. Yes, when he's much older. I built him a toy chest. Oh, nice. And it's got little letters on the front of it. His name is Everett, so I carved out the letters and everything. And, and I was just kind of thinking this would be, if he really likes it, this would be something, since I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. And granted, I want, him to be, I want him to be a kid and run around mm-hmm. and do that. So I'm not going to like tell him he has to stay in, in the garage and you know work with pine all day. But... Uh, <laughs> But no, I hope I hope that he uh, appreciates it and enjoys it as much as I do because I think that'll be something great for him and I to do together as he gets a little bit older. So that's great. So you're marrying two loves into one, and he's yes. going to be a Packers fan. I think it's preordained. He's going to be a Packers fan. Yeah, There's no negotiating. There is a Aaron Rodgers 
Brett Favre, Clay Matthews uh, bobbleheads in his room right now. So he has no choice. And there's a Packer helmet in there. So so he's, he's ordained. That's it. I mean, we, we love Indianapolis, and the Colts are fine. I mean, we, so if he chooses to like the Colts, I we. We have to rethink okay. his. Uh, rethink the will. He just will not be a Bears fan. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh no, 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 yeah. no! I don't. I can't imagine who would be a Bears fan. Who, I don't who, think there's who? many out there. No, so, no. We'll, we'll pray for them. So, Jason, <laughs> my last question for you um, would want you to look a little ahead, right? To um, it could be your career, it could be uh, the airport, or or both. Um, would love for you to share an event or thing that you're kind of looking forward to. From a career standpoint, one of the huge projects that we're working on, or an event, I should say, is uh, we are expanding our garage, our parking garage. And you might kind of think, well, that's not really that exciting. In, in some respects, it's not. It's just, it's a concrete structure, and we're making it larger. So there's nothing to it, really. Yeah. But, but what was really neat about it is it was all based on the agreement the catalyst for the project was a rental car agreement that, you know, I was working on, um, you know, as a kind of leading that project forward. And uh, we're financing the project through CFCs, which is a customer facility charge. So, which is no stranger to the airport industry. Uh, every, every airport has those fees, um, just like the airlines have passenger facility fees, uh, rental cars have customer facility fees, and they might be called a little something different in, in different airports or different regions of the country. But but the CFCs is the main funding source for this garage expansion project. So we haven't moved dirt yet. We haven't pushed the dirt around, but we are in the design phase, and we are implementing basically our kind of operational procedures to the point where we are going to, st- I mean, it's basically the rubber hits the road now. In two months from now, we're going to start pushing dirt and begin constructing the garage. And what that's going to do is some of the new expansion is going to go to the rental car and other portions of it is going to go for public parking. Because right now we are experiencing a constraint in our public parking in the garage where we're, we're full. So as a customer comes into the airport or drives in on the main thoroughfare, 10% of the time, 10% of the days, I should say, so 30-plus days every year, the the garage is full. So, and that's that's not really doing a, that's doing a disservice kind of to our customers saying, I want to park in the garage, yet there's no there's no vacancy in the garage. So now they have to drive all the way around and go to the economy lot. I'm getting a little, in uh, digging into this a little bit more, but the, the project is supposed to be completed in the fall of 2021. And that's just going to alleviate a lot of constraint that we have. And just being a part of that and being somebody that kind of pushed the project along. And I'm not the I'm not from the planning and development side, but I'm kind of more the but I am a key stakeholder on this. Sure. So from a personal standpoint on a career level, the garage expansion is a is a great is a great project that I or event that I'm looking forward to. Well, Jason, um, this is great doing it in person at the conference in the podcast studio sponsored by Taste and the Fly. Um, I can't wait to post this and, you know, let some of the uh, Bears fans, you know, kind of hear what we had to say about them. But thanks for taking the time to speak with me. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Ramon.